If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha Hashavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful Arab Shabbos to all of you. Great to be with you again. Talk about things, share ideas. Listen to the Parsha, hear what Hashem is telling us. To listen to, in fact, the words of Torah and to allow them to enter into our lives, to guide us, to uplift us, to inspire us, to make sure that we live life to the fullest in the full sense of the word. Not only live life to the fullest by enjoying every material, physical moment, but living life to the fullest in the sense that we appreciate the spiritual dimension of our being. We appreciate the fact that we're not only physical creatures. We are physical bodies, but we contain the incredible power of the spiritual dimension, the soul, the essence, the neshama that God gives us. And it's in fact a very special time to continue the incredible journey of the month of Elul as we approach Rosh Hashanah, the 10 days of repentance, Yom Kippur, and the entire month of Tishrei, filled with exciting and wonderful festivals. In actual fact, there is this month of preparation when we have to make the Cheshbon HaNefesh, when we have to look at ourselves and to take an account and reckoning of our achievements or our failures and to take those achievements, enhance them, make them better, make them greater, and to take those failures and not to be pulled down, not to fall apart as a result of the fact that perhaps we have a number of failures, but rather to transform, to change, to elevate as well. This is a time of incredible opportunity, the journey of the month of Elul. Because a number of things that we've learned during this terrible pandemic, during this time that of lockdown, of well, whatever it is, what we've learned is, first of all, how small the human being really is. You know, a short while ago, people felt humans are invincible. They can do anything, make the biggest machines, technology, chemistry, physics. We can do, we can go to the moon, we can go to Mars, we can go and do whatever we want. We suddenly realize how limited we are when this powerful, powerful energy called COVID has affected the lives of everyone around the world. We've learned the lesson that the human being is incredibly dependent upon higher powers. We've also learned that the impossible is becoming possible. We have learned that the invisible is real. We learn all sorts of elements, powerful energies coming into play in the lives of so many people, positive and negative. And now it's not a pun, positive and negative, again, in the full sense of the word. And this is why, as we go through the experience of Elul, we have to remember the incredible spiritual energies that are. And all those skeptics say, well, it's interesting stories. We talk about the king in the field. We talk about the 13 measures of divine compassion. And those are not wonderful notions, but they're not real. We have learned over the last many months, how real those invisible things are. And when we speak about the king in the field, this is not some sort of metaphoric fairy tale. There is the presence of godliness in the world that we are going through right now. And during this month of Elo, the king is in the field and he shows everyone a face of warmth, a smiling, welcoming face turning to each and every one of us, asking us to approach him and to appeal to him 
for what we need in terms of a good, sweet, wonderful year. We talk about the 13 principles of divine compassion, an energy that flows from the higher levels into the world, into our lives. Again, invisible, yes, invisible. Real, absolutely. This is what we've learned. The invisible is real. Is it possible that God should send down this type of energy into the world which should have such an incredibly powerful effect upon us? Absolutely, yes. This is the way that God runs with his world. Why he chose 2020 as the time that he wanted to teach us this lesson? Who knows? Perhaps human beings were becoming a bit too arrogant. Perhaps human beings were becoming a bit too full of themselves. We, as I said earlier on, we're invincible. We can do whatever we want. We can build whatever type of machine that we want. And we've learned God ultimately runs this world. He's sending us a message to recognize what in fact is available in the world, what in fact is real, what in fact is present, what in fact has a powerful effect upon our lives, and how through our own choices we are able to take those incredible energies and use them for personal and for greater value as well. This is the journey of the month of Elul. The journey of the month of Elul is to know these things, to sensitize ourselves to these things. And it just doesn't appear into our minds and hearts. We have to do something about it. This is why it's a time of greater prayer. It's a time of greater charity deeds. It's a time of studying the Torah. It's a time to excite our lives with an awareness of spiritual dimension. It is a time that we have to elevate ourselves to a higher level. It is a time that we can do extraordinary things. We are able to do incredibly powerful things. As I said, yes, even though the human being is being taught a lesson in terms of how small he is, but as the Rebbe once mentioned, while we understand how small we are, we also have to understand how great we can be when we allow those energies to become part of our personal choices, when we allow those dimensions to become part and parcel of our own lives, when we use the things that God gives us, even though they might be invisible, we use those energies, we use those incredibly loving revelations that God sends into this world, when we use them well, we become truly great. Not only great in the sense of what a human being is able to achieve in the material sense, but rather to become an individual who allows himself to be inspired and to use the spiritual dimensions that exist. But more of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about the whole idea of Elul, of doing something dramatic, doing something that has life-changing dimensions to it. And the Pasha is they say, when you will go into battle, when you will go into war against your enemy. And they say, of course, comes after the Pasha of Shavtim. And how did Shoftim begin? Shoftim began, remember, to place, to appoint judges and bailiffs that will guard the Shi'arecha, the gateways into your cities. And we get the feeling of Parsha Shoftim that in actual fact, the person lives within the protection of huge walls, of powerful walls. And even though there might be all sorts of negative elements out there, we protect the citizens of that city, 
by building this huge wall, and we also have powerful gates not to allow entry for those that might, God forbid, cause us harm. And yet, the part that comes immediately thereafter is Kitei We leave the comfort of our protected cities and homes, and we go not only into the world, but we go into battle. We go into battle. Battle, of course, is war. War is danger, which dangerous, which comes with all sorts of challenges and difficulties. In actual fact, this is how the Parsha begins. The Parsha begins when you go into battle against your enemies, and God will deliver them into your hands. Yes, you will see miracles. You will see the incredible hand of God helping you overcome the pain and suffering of battle. And then it goes on to describe a situation of spiritual challenge where a person is enticed by one of the captives of the war and behaves in a way which is, yes, a little bit questionable. And the question, of course, has to be asked. If last week we spoke about protecting the gateways into your cities which are surrounded by huge, powerful walls, why this week do we speak about leaving those cities, going in to the danger of battle of both physical and spiritual, if in fact protecting the gates is what it's all about, we should live in comfort and safety behind those walls and not to enter into the outside world, which by so many definitions can be considered a dangerous, dangerous activity. And the question, of course, is why? The answer is obvious. The answer is yes. There are times that we live behind the protection and safety of the walls. There are times that we need the quiet. We need the intense, the intense situation where we sit protected against any negative influence. But there are times out there that world depends upon us as well. We cannot live our entire lives behind protected walls. We are obligated as Jews to influence the world in the way of good. We are obligated as Jews to go into the world and to exercise our choices, to become models of excellence, to become a light unto nations, and yes, if necessary, to encounter and to engage those incredible challenges that could bring us down. And take a look at the opening sequence of events in the Parsha. We speak about the man who was enticed by a beautiful captive in war. And then we speak about the man who has two wives, one that he hates and one that he loves. And then we speak about Ben Sarah the rebellious son. We talk about huge challenges. The challenge of relationship, the challenge of interaction, the challenge of trying to deal with physical impulses and ethical concepts. We are talking about a situation of one whom he hates and one whom he loves. The hate-love relationship that is often the case when it comes to personal relationships. We talk about the incredible difficulty of raising children in a society that is violent, in a society that tries to take those children and lead them down the path of destruction until such point that we talk about a child that becomes non-redeemable. We cannot do anything with that child anymore. We're talking about huge challenges. And as we go through the Parsha, you'll see more and more, yes, it's difficult to understand juxtaposition, and one can spend a lifetime 
talking about why certain mitzvot are followed by others, positive commandments, negative commandments, that seem to have no relationship one to another. And yet through study we begin to understand what in fact we are being told. As mentioned many times during this time, we mustn't forget that this is the great farewell speech from Moshe to his people. Moshe, the ideal and perfect leader talking to his nation, talking to the people who will enter the promised land and change that land into a place of a great spirituality where it can become a home for godliness himself. We're talking about, yet he chooses all these laws. We talk about failed relationships. We talk about a situation of divorce. And very often divorce is something which is absolutely necessary. But it still reflects upon a breakdown in relationship, a breakdown in society. What is going on? Why go into a world that has such incredible challenges that very often we don't know what's going to happen? Things might overwhelm us, and to a certain degree they will overwhelm us. How can we possibly go into a world, and not only possibly, but say when you will go out of your protected environment and engage with the enemy, whatever that enemy is, whether it's an enemy within or an enemy without, but to engage with powerful forces that are trying to bring you down, what possible reason could it be in doing something like and I said earlier on, this is the responsibility that we have. We do not live in quiet, protected environments. We do not live in a situation where everything is taken care of. We do not live in a world where you can ignore the reality of the raging forces that exist outside. We must engage them. We must deal with them. We must encounter even that which is incredibly challenging but to encounter it in the way. And we know earlier on, God says, I will deliver them into your hands. But there has to be the courage, the fortitude, the incredible strength of character and purpose to understand the mission of what we are called upon to do, to do it in a way which means I am fulfilling the will of God. And therefore, even though I will encounter huge challenges, I will also be incredibly successful as well. This is the strength that we have, the month of El, of course. The month of El is going into battle. When we speak about making a cheshbon hanefesh, uh, taking account and reckoning of what we've accomplished or perhaps failed during this year, this is a battle. We don't ignore the shortcomings. We don't ignore the difficulties. We don't ignore those areas of life where we stumbled and failed. We deal with them. We address them. We look at them. And we say, how can we become better next time around? How can we take those situations to transform them, to elevate them, to do something which will in fact indicate who and what we are and the responsibility of our lives? And as we go through this parsha, we see again and again so many commandments that deal with these incredibly huge challenges. As we all know, life is not always simple. Life can be extremely challenging. Life can bring with it all sorts of problems. As I said earlier on, not only in terms of going into battle in the conventional sense of the word, but the personal battles, the battle of personal relationships, the battle of parents and children, the battle of environment, the battle of making choices, the battle of dealing with life and understanding life, and taking the energies that exist and to use them in a positive 
and powerful way. This is what life is all about. So yes, last week we spoke about putting up gates around the city, walls around the cities and gates to limit the entrance of those that might, God forbid, choose to do us harm. At the same time, however, as we have developed that stage, as we've grown in that stage, we also have to open those gates. Keep, take, say, when you will go out, challenge the world, challenge the self, engage and counter those difficult situations, and in fact, be victorious. That is what life is all about. The ability of dealing with those challenges and knowing full well that Hashem will help us so that we indeed are victorious. More of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about this incredible Pasha. We're talking about the courage, the ability, the victorious certainty that even though we will encounter dangerous elements out there, nonetheless, if we do it with a tremendous sense of faith and trust in God, we will be victorious. We do so with an attitude that, yes, doesn't, despite whatever difficulty we might encounter, we look to Torah for wisdom, for guidance, for direction, how to behave in certain ways. And while, of course, yes, there will be challenges and sometimes painful challenges, but how we deal with them will indicate the clarity of our purpose and the clarity of our ability to deal with difficult situations. And as we come to the end of the Parsha, we see it clearly. What does the Torah talk about at the end of the Parsha? Of say, Zachor, remember what Amalek, your arch enemy, tried to do to you on the road leaving Egypt. He attacked you in a time of weakness. And he attacked you in a way which wanted to bring about the total destruction of the Jewish people. And yet you stood up and with the help of God, you were victorious in a battle that seemed impossible. A handful of people, when I say a handful, no, the Jewish people were many, but they weren't learned in the art of war. They were enslaved for hundreds of years. Amalek was a powerful, strong, powerful army that had the ability of taking on the greatest nations. And Amalek felt that this presence of the Jewish people that represented holiness, represent the concept of godliness in the world, they have to be decimated, they have to be destroyed. And you went into battle, and you were victorious, because you were resolute. We know the story, Moshe held his hands up, but the fact was, there was the spiritual element that you recognized, and not only did you recognize, but you implemented that divine blessing from God into the most difficult type of battle. And you were victorious. This is something which uplifts us. This is something which reminds us that despite the difficulties that we go through, and yes, we know, Zachor, remember, never, ever forget what Amalek tried to do. It's not because we have this bloodlust that once upon a time this enemy attacked us and therefore we have to, throughout the ages, try and destroy him. No, because he keeps on returning, manifesting in different ways, different political expressions, different types of situations, but his intention is the same. That evil intention of trying to destroy the Jewish people. And sometimes we put up our hands in absolute surrender how can we possibly continue to battle against 
these elements that try to destroy us? And the answer is we can. Not only can we, but we do. This is the incredible miracle of our survival. All we have to take a look is our history. And what do we see? We see, yes, we have lost many. We've gone into battle and we have lost many, but we are here with a tremendous sense of devotion and purpose and reality because we continue to stay connected to the word of Hashem, to stay connected to the word of God, to stay connected to the Torah, to stay connected to all that it teaches us, to stay connected to our inner strength, to our neshama. And this is what gives us the ability to survive. Yes, it did come often at great cost. Nonetheless, we are here. When they initially battled against the Malik, it was the first time. Were they absolutely certain they were going to win? Yes, they were absolutely certain because this was the promise of God. But they didn't have the experience. They didn't have the history. We have thousands of years of history behind us. We see what works. We see what is real. We see what is able to give us this ongoing legacy so that we continue until the coming of Mashiach. We have that history, and all we have to do is to honestly review it from time to time. This is part of the Cheshbon HaNefesh. This is part of the account and reckoning that we have to do during the month of Elul, not only in terms of looking at our deeds, the good and the not so good, but looking at our history, looking at our story, looking at our Torah that has survived the onslaught of powerful, powerful enemies throughout the years, throughout the generations, incredibly powerful enemies. We are here. This is Kitaid say, go and change the world. It won't happen at once. It won't happen in one moment. And yes, it will come with difficulty, but at the same time, it will come with great glory as well, the glory of an expression of faith in God, knowing full well, despite the difficulties, we will survive. This is the greatness of the month of Elul, the presence of the king in the field, the 13 dimensions of divine compassion, the love, the energy of divine love that Hashem shows us during this time. So tomorrow, and shuls are open, but many of you will be going to shul, many of you won't be going to shul. But whoever is in shul, listen carefully to the reading of the Torah, listen carefully to the words that you hear. If you're at home and reading your own Chumash, Listen carefully to the words. Try to understand the incredible many mitzvot that we are being told in this parsha. Examine them in an L type of atmosphere. What does it mean to me? How can I take this particular commandment and make it my own? It's a special Shabbos, part of the L journey. Make sure that this journey has a wonderful, wonderful destination that it does a destination of healing, a destination of blessing, a destination of celebration, a destination that will bring a good and sweet and wonderful year. Remember, listen carefully to the words. Those words are speaking to you. Make them your own message. Have a good Shabbos.